this one. Well, while they are finding some mics, because I was irresponsible and forgot to set that up, um, I would love to introduce these two men right here. So tonight, we're doing things a little bit differently, as you can tell. We're going to have a panel discussion, and Sunday, again, we're doing a three-part series. We did part one on Sunday, and we talked really about the importance of unity and how it's essentially like electrical wiring, that the power of God can't really display to the world until there's unity among the people of, of God. And so our goal in it, if we want God to work, is that we need to be unified. We need to be woven together and not have any broken wiring so that that light of the world can be displayed to the world. Now, you, you may have left Sunday thinking, okay, that sounds good. I never really thought of it like that. That's awesome. But what does that look like in, in practicality? In fact, I, I know you've been thinking that because I got a couple of those questions this week of how do I implement this? How do I step into unity and so here tonight, we'd love to, to talk about some of those things a little bit further. And to do that, I'd love to introduce these two gentlemen. Uh, this right here in the blue shirt, this is Brad Olin. Brad um, has been in pastoral ministry for what, since 2008? Before then? Yeah, before then. Before then, so, you know, 20 years or so. And um, he's actually been my mentor at Northridge for several years and has worked with students and kids and college age and all that, so he has a lot to, to offer from, from that time. And then this is Justin Mizell. Justin uh, has been in ministry for about seven years. Um, started out when we planted a church in 2016. This man did not know how to play the guitar, and we came to him and we said, I know you don't know how to play an instrument, but would you lead worship? And he said, yeah, I'll lead worship, and I'll learn how to play the guitar so I can lead worship. And so that was a pretty cool thing that you did. Still learning. Still learning. Still learning. Still learning. So, so these two men are going to help us. We've got a few questions we're going to process through and uh, go from there. So one of the questions I got this week is, yes, we want to have unity, but at the same time, there's also hard things that we have to discuss at times. I mean, there are, there are small things like we talked about that we get hung up on that really just don't matter all that much, and we need to put everything under Christ and sort of dismiss some of those things, but there are some things that are more weighty, that are more heavy. So first question I have for you gentlemen is, how can we discuss hard issues at times and maintain unity? Brad, do you want to start us? Uh, I was going to let him start. But, <laughs> um, so for me, like, anytime that, that I go into the discussion, I, I try to remember what, what Philippians chapter 2 tells us. And, and Philippians chapter 2, just as a reminder, uh, Paul's talking to, to us as believers, and he says, um, he says, if there is any comfort in his love, if there is any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love and being one in spirit and of mind. And, and this is the part that I try to remember the most, like, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in, in everything, with humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Um, and then it goes on, and, and it gives the beautiful picture uh, in Philippians chapter 2 of what Christ did for us, his humility for, uh, for us, how he was in the throne room of heaven, living right there with God the Father, hand, like seated on the throne. Um, and in, instead of sitting there, he chose 
to step out of the throne room, come down, and not just, like, not just to be a king on earth, but he chose to humble himself even to a servant and even obedient to the death on the cross. And, and so it's a, such a beautiful picture of what he did for us. And so when I walk into those conversations, no matter how big or how small or how heated the type of discussion is, I, for me, I always try to walk into that situation with a teachable, humble spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and allow, like what that song was talking about that we just sang, like allow the spirit of Christ to or the Holy Spirit to, to guide my conversations. Because ultimately, like, unity comes from him. Like, we want to be united in our mission on Christ. That's like, basically what we're trying to be is unified for Christ, right? And, and this church has a great mission. It's, it's something that we can all unify under, you know, love God, love people, make disciples. That's an easy thing that we can follow. It's an easy thing, a path that we can shoot for, that we can be united under. And if we do everything under loving people, or in my opinion, defining that, leading people towards Jesus, that's how we love them. If we can do everything that we can to lead them towards Christ, um, that's going to be the most beneficial for them. And so in those conversations, I want to think, how can I lead this person towards my heavenly father? How can I lead this person towards Jesus Christ? How can I be, it's not about me. It's not about what I think in this situation. It's not what about um, my feelings or emotions. Mm. Those things need to go away. Mm. Um, And I need to focus on leading them towards Christ. Mm. And so for me, that's how I would want to handle it. Do I do that every time? Obviously not, mm. but that's how I try to lead my conversations that's in good. those topics. That's really good. I mean, the part you said about humility, I think, is so important because, you know, sometimes you go into conversation, you're convinced you're right, you know, so it's like your goal, your end goal is to make sure that they agree with your opinion, you know, a lot of times. It's like, I know I'm right, so if I could just get you to come over to my side of it, you know, but for you to say humility and teachability that's sort of an openness to where the goal in the conversation isn't to get you over to my side. It's for both of us to seek truth together. And I'm, I may be wrong in this situation. You may have something to teach me in it. So it's important. What about you? I think for sure when we find those moments when we disagree, like, and sometimes we're going to disagree. We're each unique. I mean, you could ask us the same question and we're all going to come up with a different answer. And I think in that moment allows us to, each have a personal relationship in that, but work together, right? And so you're bringing something to the table, I'm bringing something to the table, he's bringing something to the table, and ultimately, in the end, if we're pure of intention, pure of heart, we're gonna build and move forward in that. But I think the the flip side of that is, and what we've kind of been talking about, you were alluding to, is like, even in the bad, like even in those really harsh things, when we approach someone like loving, the neighbor or loving the enemy in that moment like we're called to love period uh ephesians 5 mm-hmm. says like therefore be imitators of god walk in love as christ loves us and gave himself up for us so when we approach that conversation tender-hearted we approach that conversation trying to listen with our ears and listen with our hearts yeah we're kind of humbling ourselves in that moment even in their wrong even in a a, a needing correctable sin that we're yeah. getting ready to address 
If we come at them like hard, fast, and just start throwing things at them, we're not, they're not receiving that. Mm -hmm. I know specifically in my home, like if my wife says something and I snap back, she stops listening as she should, because I am not responding. I am not respecting her in that conversation. So I think like you were kind of getting at, and, and like this is, if we love, we position ourselves with Christ in our response and our ability to listen, we're mm-hmm. going to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you, if you snap back, what you're saying, what you're communicating is this issue is more important than you are. I mean, we ne- may not intentionally be saying that, but that's kind of what we're giving off. Sure. Right. And, and Paul says to Timothy, he says, even when you have to rebuke somebody, do so with gentleness. And so I think that that's really important what you said. That's good. Uh, let's move to the next question. Have you seen really good unity in the church? And what was that like? And what do you think helped kind of lead to that unity? Yeah, so thinking back to 2016, um, really the three of us were involved in this, but we got an opportunity to plant a church. Um, and that was something that a group of people who maybe we weren't all from the same church in that moment, we weren't all from the same circle of, uh, of folks, and we got to come together and move together. We were unified in prayer, time, commitment. People gave up their homes. They gave up food. They gave up their money. They gave up just sometimes, you know, their entire weekend sometimes. And in that moment, like, when we were all focused on what the Lord could do in our community, on what he wanted us to do, when we were focused on his word and we were seeking out to be that group of people, the earth moved, man. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. And you had... You, you almost, you had to, right? You had to have everybody kind of at their hand, you know, involved in it for it to work. And that was a very beautiful thing. Absolutely. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I let him go first because I knew we were going to talk similar stuff. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, anytime in the church, like anytime the churches and the congregations that I've been a part of, anytime there is a, a common goal, and, and again, we have a great common goal, like, um, if, if we can focus on loving people, loving God, and making disciples, and make that the main thing, and keep that the main thing, um, that, that to me is what brings this about. Like, it's, it's what kind of sets our sights on being unified for that goal. Mm. Um, you know, just like a, a, a soccer team, or a basketball team, any kind of sports team, um, you know, the common goal is t- to win yeah. that game. And, and so, like, if they're uh, uh, unified in that one direction, they're going to do a lot better than if, if there's, like, people on the team that are like, oh, it's about me. I'm the superstar on this team. And um, uh, we've seen that not work. We've seen yeah. um, superstar teams in the NBA not make it to even the finals um, mm. and, and that kind of stuff. So if we can humble ourselves and focus on the goal, that's where it's going to lead. And, and there was a time in my life where that happened, um, not only in the church plant that we were a part of, but I was a part of one before that, that it, it's, it's a special moment when God allows a group of people to come together united for something, for a purpose. And, um, and the overall church should be that way, but there's a lot of reasons why we're not. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that later, but, um, you know, we should all, all Christians should be united for this goal. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, this basically summarizes why we live, like 
we should live to love people, to love God, and to make disciples. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we lose sight of that. We, we focus on ourselves. We look at, how can I make that money? How can I, how can I build that power? How can I, whatever, fill in the blank? Um, and that's when we derail those special moments of mm-hmm. seeing groups of people go forward. Absolutely. That's so good. Yeah, Ira always says something that, like, I don't know if I should be offended when he says it or not, but really I shouldn't be. He says, um, he says it's not about you. It's not about you. And he's so right. Like, when we can all come to the table and take ourselves out of it completely, we really get to be a part of something special, don't we? Um, so I think that's really important what you said. All right, how do we promote, and this is a question I can't wait to hear you all's answers on. How do we promote unity in our church and the church as a whole in 2023 in the landscape we find ourselves in and not give in to some of the things that are causing so much disunity in the culture? <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate the unity in that. Um, I was actually listening to uh, Tony Evans talk last night, kind of getting ready for this, and uh, it's crazy you said culture because this is this is his tagline it says we must have allegiance to christ not culture Mm -hmm. and i heard that and i was like wait what hit the 15 second playback he said allegiance to christ not the culture okay so everywhere you look we have political divide we have divide in our homes we have divide in our schools right within the church are we any different Mm. unfortunately the answer is no should we be different Absolutely. And when he said that, I was like, man, culture, culture, culture. Hmm. But reality is if we have a culture of Christ, we have a culture of love, we have a culture of forgiveness, we then have a culture of unity. Hmm. I got more, but that's good. I'll let Tony Evans speak on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Send us a link. That'd be good. Yeah. Brad. Um, Yeah. To me, like, it, it starts even smaller than that. Like, we, it's, you know, the question was, how do we promote unity in our local church and then the universal church or church mm-hmm. as a whole? And for me, like, unity begins with our relationship with Christ. Because, again, our unity, like, if whatever we align our um, emotions and our thoughts and our feelings with mm. is what we're kind of unifying our lives with, right? So... Um, so if we're not unified with Christ and don't have the ultimate purpose in life that, that our creator gave us, then we're, we're missing the mark. Uh, and that to me is another way that we sin in our lives is by not unifying ourselves to Christ. And so it's a moment by moment, step by step walk with our, with, with Christ. Um, and we all know how to do that. We all have been in the church for a long time, you know, we, we, we find unity in Christ by praying, reading our Bibles, coming to, to groups like this, uh, our community groups, like we know how to build our relationship with Christ, our, build our, our unity with him and unify our minds, become one with God, but unfortunately we don't, we, we allow whatever it is that, that fights in your heart for your attention to, to distract you from that. And, and so that unity starts in our hearts. And, and then, like, 
our families. You know, we've got to get to the point where, um, you know, like as men and women of Christ, we're not only leading ourselves, but we're leading those closest to us towards Christ and, and unified in that goal of loving God, loving people, making disciples, um, and, and pushing them towards that one goal, making sure that we're on that one track towards, towards that. Um, and for some of us, that means we, we need to literally give up stuff. I don't know what that is, but like I, for me, um, I've had to give up lots of things in my life because I have noticed that it's distracting me from Christ. Um, um, and at times I've had things kind of tore away from me because um, it was distracting me from Christ and Christ allowed that to happen. Um, so, so it starts here, then, you know, our family and then our church, like in our communication with, with us around each other, like not only should it be like kind and generous and engaging with each other, but we, sh- we should ultimately be leading each other down this path towards loving God, loving people, and making disciples. Like, and if we're not, then we're not actually being unified. Yeah, we're being kind, we're being nice to each other, but we're not being unified. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're being a social status, sure. right? Yeah. Um, and then in the, the universal church, um, you know, again, in, I've had multiple conversations with people, like, different sects of Christianity, you know, I've had conversations with Catholics and, um, uh, uh, more, not Mormons, oh my gosh, they, they don't, they're not really Christ followers. How about Eastern uh, Orthodox? Yeah, thanks, appreciate yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, I've had multiple conversations where, like, if we allow the conversation to, do, to be derailed mm-hmm. and get focused on the things that separate us instead of focusing on what keeps us together, then that creates disunity. Mm. And, and we all know the main things that keep us together, right? Like Christ was born of a virgin. He died for our sins. You know, the scriptures are God-breathed. Like those things, if we focused on, on those things, and the rest is, the rest doesn't really matter. Yeah. And, and so in our conversations with people outside of our community, like that's what it should be about. It shouldn't be about, oh, you know, like sometimes, I don't know if, if any of you are tempted this way, like when I hear of another church succeeding, like I'm like, my heart kind of like, ah, oh, why can't our church succeed mm-hmm. a little bit more? Or, yeah. Um, why, did, why didn't this person want to come to our church? Or no, no, that's, it's not about, it's not about, me growing my community it's about christ this is mm. this is it's christ's yeah. church and so open-handed walking with with people yeah again it goes back to what you were saying before about taking yourself out of it like if we can remove ourselves from the situation then we can really just celebrate good when we see it and not whether it has anything to do with us or not, we can celebrate, man, God's moving, God's at work. How cool yeah. is that? And champion yeah. those things. And that's so important. Um, he talked about 
thoughts, emotions, and actions. And I don't know about you guys, but I find myself sometimes like in my rhythm, sometimes I get out of spending time with Jesus or at least a lot of time with Jesus. And then I want to just make the right decision, you know, when it comes time to it. But I think if we can develop some practices, and I'm going to ask you guys about this, so just prepare yourselves. I, I, didn't, I, I asked them these questions beforehand, but I'm about to ask them a question that I didn't tell them beforehand. But if we can implement some of these practices to sort of train our minds and our emotions to be prepared when that time does come for action, that really changes things because that's just what's in us at that time. It's not just, let me muster up the strength and the courage to do the right thing here. It's, no, I've been meditating in this and my mind is ready for this and my emotions are formed after the things of Jesus and so now I'm ready to act. So my question for you guys is, are there some some rhythms, some practices you found helpful that sort of um, presuppose you to be ready to seek unity in your lives? Yeah, so I think kind of hitting back on what you're saying, it starts, it starts within our own walks, mm-hmm. right? It starts within our own relationships in our homes, preparing our hearts, preparing our families so that we are ready and willing to step into that. Mm-hmm. I think also we have to have some self-reflection, and I think something I've learned from you and something that you've kind of encouraged is asking like are we in unity and mm-hmm. if we're not um where are we out of step where can i where can i come to the table or or hey i need to bring this to you mm-hmm. and i think being in a position where you are humbled in your own walk to christ and ready in your heart and to receive what's getting ready to come out mm-hmm. like when you can challenge me back mm-hmm. i can then easily submit myself and understand it's from a position of love not from a position yeah. of challenge And I think allowing ourselves to, like, in our works, what do we do at work? You know, there's always, like, in medicine, we always go back and review charts. So we want to know, could we have done something better next time? So when this comes back up, we can be ready next time. Mm. And the same thing happens in industry and things like that. And so I think no different in our own walk should we go through and say, where did we falter? Yeah. How do I resubmit or how do I find a way to correct either my response, my behavior, or my heart position, mm-hmm. so that when this comes back up, I'm ready to go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think um, going back to the hard conversations, when it's much easier to sort of have a conversation that's hard when you have relational equity, isn't it? It's like, I mean, I had a conversation with a guy that was in my youth group for a long time. He's, I think, 21, 22 now. But um, I've known him for seven, eight years, and I've taken him home and stuff like that after youth group. Like, he knows that I just really care about him. So one day, I kind of saw his, his life wasn't looking, you know, down the path that I thought maybe it should. So I just told him straight up. I just said, dude, it's time for you to stop running from God and <laughs> embrace him. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't from a rebuking standpoint, but, it was, but I was free to do it because I sort of had that relational stock with him. And so I think these hard conversations, it's a lot easier to have them when you, when you have had unity, when you have been for that person and you've been a brother with them for a long time. I think that's so important as well. Uh, did you want to add anything to that, Brad? So you wanted like practical ways of yes. how we, rhythms. And yeah, I want to know what you do at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m. <laughs> and if you uh, go till six, midnight, that'd be great. 6 a.m., I'm sleeping. 7 a.m., I'm sleeping. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So April wakes up at 
5.30 to go to work, so uh, um, and I stay in bed because I'm We need to have this conversation afterwards, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is this an intervention? Is this what's (laughs) happening here? No. um, So for me, um, you know, life rhythms change, obviously. Like um, what worked for me in college doesn't work for me now. What worked for me now probably won't work for me in 10 years. but uh, so, so different things that have worked for me, um, uh, walking while praying um, was a big one in my college years. Like I'd, um, uh, just my mind was all like, uh, if you're like me, my mind is always kind of, was always kind of racing and, and I'd just, if I was sitting or in a room or around somebody, like I'd, I couldn't focus, um, I had a hard time. Um, you know, sitting down and praying for longer than a minute or two. Um, and so, like, I would take walks, and and um, it was easy then because I was living in a dorm room, and, and all the classrooms were 15 to 15-minute uh, walk if I walk, walked the long way, and, and nobody was on the long way. So it was just kind of an easy way uh, for me to, like, spend time praying. Um, and and same thing with with my quiet time during that time it was there were there were moments that I found in the dorm that were just quiet moments that I um, nobody was around you know early in the morning before people woke up when I wasn't lazy um, and uh, no uh, um, like there was early in the afternoon was actually when I sat down and did my quiet time in college most of the time because Everybody was either working or in class or, or at lunch on a late lunch or whatever, and, and there was like that one to two o'clock hour that nobody was around, and so it was just easy for me to sit down and do my quiet time. Um, and so those were a couple things. Uh, verse memorization in college was also a big one. Like, um, like I would um, take a scripture that was just really cool to me, you know, at that, that moment, um, I think during that time, I memorized like 16 chapters of the Bible and um, just different chapters throughout um, throughout the Bible just because that's it was an easy rhythm, um, and I found that. So now with three kids and careers and uh, all that kind of stuff, it's, it's a lot harder. It's more difficult to find that time. And so I've, um, for me right now, I do need to, like I first thing when I wake up, before I even get engage my kids is when I, I, I pop open the Bible app on my phone. Um, if, if y'all don't have the Bible app, it's a great tool um, on the Bible app that has like, um, you can find reading plans and, um, you know, stuff that, that makes it easy. And, and if you like the little checklist, like uh, instant feedback, it does like a little check, check mark every time you read something. And, uh, gives you instant feedback, and you can do group um, group studies together. Like you can invite your friends and have group studies, and you can see their notes and that kind of stuff. So uh, the Bible app is a great tool. Um, but I, you know, I wake up early in the morning, and I um, I spend. Uh, the other cool thing is it reads it to you. Um, so for those of us that are lazy, it <laughs> actually just reads it. Um, Does Morgan Freeman read it? Because I'd do that. I'd be down for that. Um, no, it's not Morgan Freeman, but he's oh. got a, most of the time it's a pretty cool voice. Okay. Depending on, like, there's different versions, and different versions have different readers, and 
But uh, so like that kind of, for those of you like me that my mind races, if I like, if I play it and read it at the same time, it just helps me focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, one of the biggest things is, is writing down um, journaling throughout the day or th- throughout the, the lifetime of your walk with Christ. Like, I mean, take a second to write one sentence a day about what God is, what God is teaching you. And for some of you, that sounds overwhelming. Don't, if that sounds overwhelming, don't, don't jump all in. Maybe, maybe try um, just opening the Bible app and listening. But like most of them, most of the Bible um, plans will actually read it to you as well. Uh, so maybe just open one of those and let it read it to you one day and then conquer the next day and then mm. conquer the next day. Do the same thing. Um, yeah. Just let it read it to you and then eventually add something to that. Like begin to work that muscle just like, you know, working out. Mm-hmm. You don't go, you don't run a, run a marathon by just going and running a marathon. You've got to train for it. You know, it starts with one mile. It starts mm. with one step. One mile. It starts yeah. with like a quarter mile. <laughs> yeah. <me>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me right now, I probably wouldn't make it even that. Yeah. Starts with um, walking, I think. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, so just like that, like, it, it does. It starts by taking that first step. Um, and uh, if you need help f- downloading that, um, you can see one of us afterwards. Y'all have it, right? Yeah, we all have it. Um, you can see one of us. We'll help you download it. I mean, it's easy. Um, awesome. And uh, finding an easy way to pray is the last thing I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, um, sometimes people, we just don't know how to pray. Um, Mm -hmm. especially if you're first time stepping into it, there's some easy acronyms like ACTS, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, um, just kind of helps you pray, um, in a, in a way that keeps your thoughts on focus. So there's some other things that if you want to talk more about that, you can come see us. Awesome. Yeah. Prayer is similar to what you said too. Like somebody says, I don't know how to pray. It's like, well, that in itself is a good prayer. God, I don't know how to pray. Like, it's a good start right there. So, hey, anything else you guys want to sh- share on the topic before we transition? Anything else you want to share about unity? Are we transitioning to the end? To the end? I don't know. You said before we transition. To the end of the service? You going to pop another question on us? This is the last one. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Check. Okay. I just want to say, like, I think that I will say Grace Meadows, I feel like, has done a good job creating unity, uh, at least for me and my family since we've been here. And we've definitely felt um, the Lord move in our lives, in our family's lives. I've definitely seen huge growth come from my child in the the kids' barn. And so I just want to say thanks because I know this is kind of the core group, the family. But I think there's been good unity come. Uh, from this church, and I hope that we all submit ourselves to the Lord and, and keep moving in that manner. Absolutely, 100%. Brad, anything else? I, I mean, I second that. Like, I, um, when I stepped, the first time I stepped in the door, I stepped in and was hurting. Like, um, there were uh, circumstances in my life that just, uh, yeah, it was hard. It was a hard time for me. And um, the the unity inside of this church inside of this congregation is huge. Like, um, 
I mean, our community group is, is thank you guys. Like, y'all have been uh, wonderful in my life uh, as well. Um, so just, just that, like, if, if we can continue to fight for the, the main thing and keep the main thing at the forefront of our minds, like, love God, love people, make disciples. That, to me, is, that's what's going to unify us. That's what's going to give us our mission and, and that's when we are unified is when we're on mission, when we're fighting to, to fulfill that goal. That's what's going to keep us unified, and that's what's going to keep all, all the rest will fade away. Mm-hmm. Like the, the arguing about, I'm trying to think of some things that we've argued about in the past, uh, like gifts of tongues and, and healing and that kind of stuff that, that some churches derail themselves because mm-hmm. they start arguing about whether or not they exist in today's society or not. Does it matter? No, like, is it something that we should split the church or is it not? No. Right. Like, let's keep the main thing the main thing and, and fight for the heart of what God wants us to do, which is love him, mm-hmm. love people, and make disciples. And, and if we can continue to do that, like, we can change not only Johnson City, but the world. Like, I mean, look what God did with 12 people. Mm. I mean, if, if, we can, if we can stay unified and, and fight for the heart of Christ in Johnson City, not only can we change the world, like, we can change Johnson City, but also, like, reach the world. Like, I've seen out of unified congregations, I've seen people sent overseas to different countries that, that start revolutions mm. for Christ. I've seen um, students step into to roles of serving at other churches that also start other roles. I've seen, uh, it's amazing what happens when we are unified mm-hmm. as one. Absolutely. So. Awesome. Guys, thank you for taking the time. Give these guys a hand. Well, as we wrap up, I'm just going to read from Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. And then uh, worship team will come and we'll have one more, one more song thereafter. It says this, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. So the idea being here that Paul wants us to embrace that, like, I mean, think about it for just a second. That, that God, the maker of the universe, has called us to follow him. I mean, that's a, that's a huge deal, right? That we, we live a life that's worthy of that call. Verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So this order right here, take a note right here, this order is so important that if we want unity in this church and in the church, then we have to be, become the kind of people who are ready to embrace unity, And that comes from being humble, being gentle, being patient, being willing to bear with each other when times get hard. And, you know, I think that I could talk all night about bearing with each other because that would be so countercultural. I mean, we live in a culture that we disagree, I'm out. I'm out the door, I'm embracing something or someone else. So we embrace these character traits under the hand of God, and then we're ready to seek after unity. And, man... Like I've told you guys before, did you guys know that for a thousand years there was one denomination of the church? Did you guys know this? 
Uh, it wasn't until 1054 AD that we had the first church split. And since that time, we've seen thousands of denominations come through. In fact, I'm not making this up, but there was a church that split over whether or not Adam had a belly button. True story. So the question is, are we going to allow the culture to leak into the Christian culture? Again, what Brad was talking about, about or Justin was talking about, the culture, right? Can we just, man, be remade in the scriptures and what the scriptures say and not what the culture says? I mean, so often the culture will throw out a car because it has a flat tire. We could just fix the tire, fix the issues, right? We don't want to throw out something good because there's problems with it. We want to work on those problems. We want to bear together. And that's so important, so important. Verse 4, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. You guys, oneness ought to mark us as believers. Oneness. Oneness. So, I guess the question as we kind of leave here and head back into worship, worship team, you guys can come forward, is essentially what do we have to do to seek after oneness? And do we believe that if we seek after oneness, man, God will do something with that? And I don't know about you guys, but I'm just hungry for revival, man. I mean, I'm just ready for God to do exponentially more than we could ever think or imagine. And so what does it take? Maybe it's that belief. Maybe it's that like childlike belief. You know what I'm talking about? Where, you know, your four-year-old just, they just believe, man. They just believe. They have a faith. And the thing is, we can have that kind of faith and more because our faith is rooted in reality. Because we know what God can do. We've seen him do it in the scriptures, in our own lives, in our community. And so maybe our step tonight is just a little bit of belief. Yeah, man, God, you can do anything, right? That kind of attitude. Or maybe our next step is there's relationships close to us that, man, we really need to have a conversation with somebody. Man, I just don't, I, I don't know if there's any blame that I need to take here, but I just know that this relationship isn't quite right. And so what can I do to sort of help grow and mend this relationship? Right? That could be our next step. Or maybe there are sin habits. Maybe there are things that have flown under the radar. And maybe we felt like, man, this is just always going to be a thing. It's always going to be a thing. I'll never be able to move past this. Maybe we need a little bit of belief that God can help us with his spirit in us to move past some of those things so that there can be unity in the church. Guys, I think if everybody in this room believes that our unity will make a difference and that we'll seek after unity, I really think God's going to meet us in that space. And we're going to see so many victories ahead. How about you guys? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, man, we just ask. I mean, we just ask, Holy Spirit, work in our hearts. Convict our hearts. Encourage our hearts where we need it. I mean, help us just, just to be a people that just say, yes. I mean, help us if there are things that like we're getting in the way. Pray that you'll reveal those things to us abundantly clearly here tonight. And Father, give us a little bit of belief in your name because your name is such a great name. I mean, like just let us just consider who we're talking to right now in this moment. 
the maker of the universe, and you hear us right now. I mean, that's, man. And not only do you hear us, but you call us your sons and daughters. And Father, we believe. And if there's any unbelief here tonight, help us in that unbelief. That, man, you could do anything. And help that truth to help us step into whatever it is that you have for us next. Because we believe that little bit of faith, that little bit of confidence, that little step, that you'll do something with that. So amazing. Because that's just who you are. You're so amazing. And we magnify and we glorify your name here tonight. Father, we love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's worship.